This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am Matt Straub. Before we get underway, a quick reminder to rate and review the show. If you haven't done so already, that's a big help to us. Now, as we get set for week 10 of the NBA season, of the fantasy basketball season, we are talking waiver wire pickups. Steve Alexander is here to join me. Steve, we're here again. I think it's the third week in a row. I'm just going to say two words to you, Emmanuel Moutier. Yeah, I knew those were the two words you were going to say without (laughs) uh, prepping for this. So, yeah, I mean... What can I say, man? He had that 34.8 assist game on Friday. I'm sure you were you were aware of, of that and probably yes. not happy about it. Um, <laughs> really, for like three weeks, he's been playing pretty good. He's averaging 17 points, a six assists, a steal of three over his last five. Uh, but things are going to get interesting because your guy, Trey Burke, is back. And I did not look before we got into this to see what Trey Burke got done today. Did you? I can tell you right now. I I have it right in front of me. Trey Burke played 12 minutes, had three points, and shot one for seven, which (laughs) Trey Burke is known to do from time to time. He's a streaky guy, Steve, Trey Burke. I don't know if you heard that. He's known to do that from time and time and again. Um, Yeah, Moutier had another good game, though. 18.6 assists on Sunday, shot five for 11. I mean, he keeps he keeps doing it. He keeps rolling. Matt, I would almost call Emmanuel Moutier a must own player right now. Wow, that's where we are now. Almost, that's, that's where. We're, so, now, if he had if he had four games this week, I, he definitely would be. But with three games, I mean, you can take him or leave him. I mean, look, he's been consistent. He is producing. He's not killing you in percentages per se. He's not killing you in turnovers. He's not. You know, getting a ton of steals or anything like that. He's not getting a ton of assists, but he's scoring. He's hitting some threes. He's doing some things here and there. Um, he is. It, things have changed a lot. Emmanuel Moutier is not a guy that you should be afraid to pick up anymore, and that's very strange to say in and of itself. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right. So another guy. We're, we're hitting a few names that we've hit a bunch of times here, and I guess we'll just keep it in New York um, so we can get that headache over with. Kevin Knox. He had an okay game on Sunday. Kind of a mixed bag. 15 points is good. Two steals, three trays is good. 0 for 2 from the line, three turnovers, shot 6 for 15. So, you know, Knox is a little all over the place, but but definitely better lately. What's your outlook on Knox? Yeah, I mean, he had two steals and three threes in that game on Sunday. And he had three really good games in a row uh, last week. Uh, he's at like 17 points, 6.5 boards, 2.5 threes. Um, shooting it a lot better right now. I'm, I know when we first started talking about him uh, in these podcasts, his shooting was just atrocious. It's not great by any means, you know, since then, but it's a lot better. He's at like 43% lately. I just think that, you know, his season got started a month late. He wasn't 
really able to figure things out that first month and uh the Knicks weren't sure how to use him and you know where he was in the rotation was weird but you know the last couple of weeks he's played well enough and and has gotten enough minutes and enough stability that I own him wherever I can at this point yeah I mean you you hinted at the minutes man the last four games 41 33 42 35 and that 35 was on Sunday so yeah I mean another guy again like Moutier I'd probably for me personally, just because of the the history we have with Moutier, uh, you know, just I'd probably put Knox ahead of him. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd trust Knox a little more. All right, so a couple of Knicks worth a look if still out there in your shallower league at this point. Monte Morris is another name who's been a repeat uh, mention on the podcast, but still the numbers, you know, in Yahoo League still pretty low in terms of percent owned. He's starting to turn it up even more now. How close to Monte, you know, how close to a must-own is Monte for you? Well, the problem is the Nuggets only have two games this week. And, you know, even when you own a guy like James Harden or Russell Westbrook, it can be a little dicey. Do you start a two-game guy over a a solid four-game guy? So the the games hurts. But disregarding the games and just looking at the player, Gary Harris is still a couple weeks out at least – He's got a hip injury, so the job is Monty Morris at shooting guard in Denver, and I think he's been great. I think he's a must-own player until uh, Harris is back. Yeah, nine three. Uh, excuse me, eight threes, eight steals. His last three games total, eight threes, eight steals for Morris. So he's cranking it up in both of those categories, which is just huge. All right, we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna get one more name out of the way, Steve. That I feel like we have to. I think you know which name it is. You mentioned the column again, Nemanja Bjelica. I feel like we have to talk about it because Marvin Bagley uh, hurt his knee. Bjelica is balling again to some extent. We can't write this guy off. We can't seem to get rid of him. We don't necessarily want to get rid of him. But what do we do with Bjelica? Well, I mean, now that Bagley's hurt, you got to keep him or you got to go get him, Mike. Like he's the perfect uh, Al, Pacino, Al Pacino. They keep sucking me back in or whatever, quote, guy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, every time we as fantasy owners, as a collective group, try to get rid of this guy, he gives us a reason not to cut him. And now Marvin Bagley's hurt. Um, he's going to be evaluated in like 10 days to two weeks. So, I mean, that's a, that's a substantial injury. The Kings play four times this week. Bielitsa has been sort of on fire for the last four or five games and I think he's as must own as they come right now and I I tried to use him as the cover boy for the uh, waiver wired column but I could not find a suitable picture (laughs) all right so honorary the honorary cover photo goes to Bielitsa yes Uh, all right Kelly Olenek is a guy we mentioned last week he had four games this week played really well and has really been rolling for a while now. Obviously, Whiteside is back. What's your What's your feeling on Olenek if if we've got him penciled in for let's say twenty five or so minutes uh, for the foreseeable future? Do you think he's going to be a startable guy in three game weeks, or is he really only a four game week for guy guy for you? Is he a must hold, etc.? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy that should be owned in a lot more leagues than he's owned in. He's scored in double figures in every game he's played in December, and most of the games he's played this season. He's averaging 15.6 boards, 3.6 assists, a steal, two three-pointers over his last five. I mean, he's just playing really well. And 
with the Hassan Whiteside saga, you know, is he, is he not? And the fact that Olenek's playing way better than starting power forward James Johnson, I just think Olenek's a guy that should be owned. I think he's startable in three game weeks, which is what they have this week. And I'm kind of a big fan. All right. Rounding out the guys we're going to talk about who are owned in more leagues, so so more shallow league pickups, Cody Zeller. He's a little boring, but has been producing pretty nicely lately. How deep or how shallow does the league need to be for you to really consider Zeller as a as an ad? I don't think it needs to be that deep. The three-game week makes it tough because Charlotte only plays three times. But Zeller had a 21-13 and 13 double-double on Friday. He had three blocks on Saturday and a blowout. Um, he's averaging 12 points, 8 boards, 2 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.2 blocks over his last 5 games. I don't love Zeller. Like he, like you said earlier, he's boring. But he's getting it done right now and is honestly the most effective big man that the, the Hornets have. We are now going to dig a little deeper here. Kevin Herter, a dude, he did not have a good game Sunday, which is disappointing. But he had had back-to-back 19-point games before that. Really starting to look good for the Hawks. I've been talking about him in my deep waiver wire column on the Roto World Season Pass. You said you're not super optimistic about Herder once Torian Prince comes back. We can talk about that in a second. But what's your overall outlook on Herder just as a potential pickup right now? Well, it was a lot higher before today's game than it is than it is after, just because it was disappointing. He only got four shots. Had four points, two assists, one rebound. So that was disappointing. He played 28 minutes, though, so that that's a good thing. He started. That's also a good thing. Herter is owned in like 20% of Yahoo leagues out there, so he's available in a lot. Like you said, Tarian Prince is out. That helps. So he had 19 points and two straight. He's averaging almost 13 points and three assists over his last five coming into today's game, but that also includes a block and 2.63 pointers, shooting 54%. So he's playing really well. He just had an off day on Sunday. I think he's um, an intriguing player to look at for next week, but I'd like him a lot more if he played four times. Yeah, I I look past the Sunday off game, where I will try to, um, where I've added him. I think Herter, his jump shot looks phenomenal. I think this may be a case of teams giving his jumper a little more attention, so there's going to be adjustments. There's obviously going to be up and ups and downs for rookies, but he's got a very fantasy-friendly game. It's not just points and threes, so there's some nice potential here. If you picked him up already or are thinking about picking him up, try to look past Sunday and don't overreact to that quiet game. Yeah, no, I like what you said. He's more than just points and threes because when the Hawks drafted him and when he started playing NBA basketball this year, I, I really thought he was just going to be a points and threes guys, but he's not. He's putting up numbers in almost every category. And I think, honestly, I think there's a decent chance he continues to be a big priority for them even after Torian Prince is back. And Prince will get his minutes. I think Herter will potentially get his minutes. You know, Kent Bazemore may be a guy who who loses some of his minutes uh, after Prince is back, potentially. Do you are you are you on board with that notion potentially, or you think Herter is going to lose some minutes once? Uh, uh, no, I, I think they want to keep uh, Herter playing, and and Bazemore, they already know what he can do. He's probably not part of the future plan, so I mean, it makes sense that he would be the odd man out. Yeah, and I mean, Bazemore, you know, potentially still has his value off the bench, so I wouldn't exactly panic if you have him on your roster. Derek Jones Jr. is a guy who has suddenly started to play some significant minutes in the Miami rotation, putting up some eye-catching numbers. 
especially in steals and blocks. Does this feel like a total fluke to you, Steve? I mean, to me, he feels like a guy you add, and maybe maybe he goes on a run. And I mean, those are difference-making defensive stats we've been seeing. Well, yeah, and I mean, you talk about I'd have difficulty picking him out of a lineup. Um, <laughs> he had 13 points, eight boards, two blocks, and a three on Friday. And you didn't mention his rebounding, but his rebounding, he's at 9.3 boards over his last four games, 2.3 steals, 1.8 blocks. That's pretty fun. He's shooting it really well. He's getting at least, you know, between 23 and 28 minutes right now. He's playing a ton of fourth quarter minutes for the Heat. It seems like Eric Spolstra is a big fan. I think Jones is trending straight up. I wish he played four games this week. Yeah, for me, he's a pickup. If you have an open bench spot and you want a pickup with just some wild upside, it could totally go wrong. He could be out of the rotation two weeks from now. But, man, if this guy keeps getting 25 minutes a game or so, he is going to produce. So, yeah, he's a very interesting flyer right now. If you are looking for some additional fantasy hoops in your life, take a trip to draft.com. We are talking daily fantasy basketball snake drafts instead of salary caps. Take just a few minutes to finish. You can do auction drafts, of course, too. Right now, Draft is giving Roto World readers a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. Go to draft.com, use the promo code RW. Again, head to draft.com, use the promo code RW. Steve, you know what the question is. What's the answer? We're back together again, man. We're, we're back full <laughs> force, back on the draft. And, uh, and life is good. Winning some cash. Winning some nice. cash. Nice, nice. All right, we're heading deeper into the waiver wire here. Uh, maybe not deeper than Derek Jones Jr. because it doesn't necessarily get much deeper than that, but I couldn't wait any longer to talk about him. Uh, Mason Plumley obviously has an extended opportunity, still really out there in a lot of leagues. Do you think his outlook has really changed a lot since the Millsap injury, or do you think he's just, to me, he's like a guy who was actually pretty solid before that and may just be still pretty solid now? <laughs> yeah, that may be the case. I mean, I wasn't really uh, focused in on what Plumley was doing, you know, the first part of the season, but you know, once Millsap went down, it kind of opened everybody's eyes, or at least mine, that somebody's gonna have to fill, fill in those gaps, and Plumlee's gonna be one of the guys to do it. The thing I always like about him is he he always comes up with pretty decent assist numbers. Um, his numbers aren't, aren't mind blowing right now. I think he's at eight points, six boards, three assists, block and a half over his last five games. As we said earlier, Denver only has two games this week. That's really bad news. But, yeah, I mean, if you need a big man, Plumlee's probably available in your league, and he can tie up some loose ends. Uh, A couple more names for deep league owners. Langston Galloway heating back up again. Points, threes, some steals. Do you like Galloway, really, as as a guy who has a chance to keep this going, or is he going to be up and down kind of all season? Well, I mean... (laughs) He's owned in 3% of leagues, by the way. You said we, it, we couldn't get much deeper uh, than who was Derek, the, Jones. Derek Jones, but I think we, we've now done it. We have, <laughs> we have hit rock bottom. Galloway had a one-point game on Monday, but he's been playing pretty well. 13 points, a couple boards. He's, he's not going to do much for you except score and hit threes, maybe some steals. Uh, he's also not shooting it that well. But he's a good scorer, and Detroit's been giving him a role and giving him minutes uh, lately. He's getting like 30 minutes a night. Um, he's playing a lot down the stretch. And, you know, if you need points and 
The Pistons have a four-game week. I think Galloway is worth a look. In a three-game week, I think I would probably look elsewhere. One of the one of the weird things about doing this podcast and writing this column is I kind of come up with the names of players based on what they have been doing, how hot they are, what their role is, and then I kind of look at the games played angle later. And today's column, for some reason, has very few four game guys on it and a ton of two and three game guys on it. So it's a little it's a little weird this week. But again, I mean this is something we've talked about before. You can uh let the upcoming week influence you only so much. I mean it depends on your your league and if there are tons of good players getting shuttled on and off in waivers, yeah, let let that four game versus three game week be the tiebreaker. But otherwise just make a play for talent. And if we're talking about a guy like Derek Jones Jr. again Gamble on the upside. You know, don't necessarily worry about the upcoming week. Right on. Uh, and by the way, Steve, by the way, you said, uh, you know, we've hit the bottom of the waiver wire. That That's what I do in the deep wire dive on the Road World Season Pass every week. It gets, I get way down there and uh, and dig around for uh, obscure names. So you know, that's why. I had somebody initially ready to roll who was owned in 0% of fantasy leagues. Oh, and I can't, I can't, I cannot think of who it was. I'll have to go figure it out. Cause that was, that was a while ago, but uh, then I ended up going a different direction. All right. All right. Uh, let's talk about a couple guys real quick before we get into who to potentially drop a couple guys who did not get into the column this week. I just want to ask your take on them. Mikel Bridges, you know, we were waiting for Trevor Rees to get traded, for Bridges to hopefully be more consistent, potentially take off. Then they, of course, got Kelly Oubre after the whole Brooks name snafu. Uh, so does Bridges just kind of stay in the same fringe pickup, not really that useful to own right now because Oubre's now in Phoenix? I think so. The thing with Bridges is he's been getting so many minutes all year, and he's done so little with them. I mean, he, he really has had every opportunity to kind of blow up, and it just hasn't happened. And I think, you know, bringing Ubre in there is – it's not going to probably ruin Bridges, but it's not going to help either. So I think it's just going to be more of the same. Yeah. The other guy I want to ask you about, are you a Marcus Smart guy? I'm guessing not really, but Smart has been pretty useful the last few weeks. He's, you know, kind of doing what Marcus Smart does. How much is he a a guy you think needs to be owned? I believe he's owned in around 30% of leagues right now. You know, I do like Marcus Smart. I especially like him when he's starting for the Celtics. I like him when Jalen Brown is not playing. I like him when the Celtics are super banged up. Like, they've got a lot of a lot of guys that are a little, a little banged up right now. Smart has started lately. I kind of like him. I don't... I, I like having him on my watch list, my proverbial watch list that I keep in my head. <laughs> um, I like keeping an eye on him, but the Boston team in general is so kind of deep and everybody's playing pretty well. They're a good team. And it's just hard for even the stars on that team to really get going. So I, I have trouble trusting Smart. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think you if you pick him up, you need to kind of commit to like a a five to 10 game stretch. If you just kind of pick him up and hope you're going to hit a good game, the next game, it's not necessarily going to pan out. Well, and his last four games are 21 points, zero points, 18 points, four points. So, I mean, right. that is a roller coaster. Right, right, right. If you, if you can stream players in a shallow league, sure. Absolutely. He's, he's right on that list. As far as a guy to pick up and, and trust, it's, it's going to be a bit of a headache, but he does have value. He does have value. All right. Some, 
players to potentially drop, Steve. Justice Winslow got hot, real hot for a second, uh, then cooled off. Is he droppable for you in a league of, you know, kind of average size? Um, yes, yeah, smaller league where you want to get somebody who's producing right now. Um, yeah, I mean, he's his last couple games have been pretty brutal. And uh, I don't think you should worry if you feel like you want to cut him. I don't think you're cutting someone who you're going to massively regret later. Todd Gibson is owned in 46% of Yahoo leagues. Is that a number that seems kind of high for you considering his relatively low ceiling? I mean, is this a guy who's just kind of coasting on past track record? Is is Todd a player that more owners should consider dropping? Well, the two games before Saturday when Gibson didn't play, he only had 17 uh, minutes in both those games. I, I think he was out for personal reasons, actually. But he only played 17 minutes in his previous two games. Uh, so his minutes have been trending down. Dario, you know, when Dario got traded there, we thought he was going to take over and ruin Gibson. And it, it really took it a while to happen, but I think that might be what's going on right now. All right. Next name I want to ask you about is he's funny. Depending on the size of your league, he's a guy you either are considering adding in a shallow league or potentially dropping. Marvin Williams was really hot for a second, then had a really rotten game on Saturday. I believe he's owned in about 42% of Yahoo League's. Where are you with Marvin in terms of you know being a, a guy who should be on waivers or off waivers? Well, he he was playing pretty well, like you said. Um, he had that twenty point game on Friday. He had thirteen and five last Sunday. He had fourteen and ten the Friday before that. Almost had a double double in another game in there, but against the Lakers in a blowout, he he only played twelve minutes and did not score. And that game actually knocked him knocked him off the waiver wired list this week i i almost ah, okay. almost wrote him up i had him in there for a minute but uh you know i'm just not a marvin guy especially being an, an atlanta hawks person he he's yeah. <laughs> he's always a little a little tricky for us to deal with but you know he's a guy who played 12 minutes his last game he was playing well before that but i just don't really um i have trust issues with marvin i can cut him yeah, I'm with you. I mean, he did get hot for a second. There's no telling if he's going to get that rolling again. His season numbers are nothing to get excited about, around nine points and five boards. So he's really a deeply guy to me who happened to get hot for a second there. And so that 42% number feels high to both of us. You agree? Yes. I mean, feel free to drop him in a, in a shallower league. Etwan Moore owned in 32% of Yahoo leagues. He's been hurt. Hasn't been playing well. Is he a guy you can move on from, or do you think people who were relying on him should stay patient? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I want to pick up Etwan Moore when he shows a sign of going on a heater, getting hot, going on a run. Play him for four games and then get out because yeah, he never puts it together for an entire season. He he has been pretty good uh, last year and this season. He. He's put up numbers uh, making him worth owning. But like you said, he missed a couple games with an injury. He played 16 minutes on last Sunday. And even before that, he had really cooled off. So I think you, you'll you be just fine without Etwan Moore in your life. <laughs> De'Anthony, last name I want to ask you about is a potential drop. De'Anthony Melton was a hot pickup. Now Devin Booker's back. Melton, I believe, has played 21 minutes in two straight. Is he a hold for you or a drop? I think I want to hold him until we see... Um, how everything shakes out in Phoenix. Because, I mean, it's not going to take much for Booker to miss more time. 
21 minutes is decent minutes for Melton. Um, he had, what, nine points and five assists on a Saturday. Thursday was terrible. He, he just disappeared. But, um, you know, I, I think he's cuttable if you want to cut him. He's a luxury stash if you have room to, to hang on to him until we see where Phoenix ends up. But if, if you need to cut him to get a, a hot player on your roster, you can do it. Yeah, I mean, still getting defensive stats even in that limited playing time. So a, a fantasy-friendly game for sure, but the minutes are starting to be a bit all over the place. All right, so here here we go, Steve. Just bringing this full circle. We talked about a bunch of names here. I'm going to throw like like seven, eight names at you who are kind of the top, my most intriguing names for me on your waiver wired column. You give me your top three, all right? Let's, let's close it out that way. I'm going to say Moutier, Monte Morris, Kevin Knox, Derek Jones Jr., Kevin Herter. I'm leaving out Bielitsa. I'm leaving out Olenek. I'm leaving out Zeller. So it's Moutier, Monte Morris, Kevin Knox, Derek Jones Jr., and Kevin Herter. Who's your top three from that five? Oh, I got a pick from that from that five. Yeah. Moutier, okay. Moutier, Monte, Knox, Derek Jones Jr., Herter. Uh, I'm going to take out Knox, or I'm going to take out Herter and Monte. Oh, Derek Jones Jr. So you're, you're Moutier, Monte Morris, and Kevin Knox are your top three out of that group? Yep. That's funny because I think Derek Jones Jr. and Kevin Herter are in there for me. So okay, <laughs> it depends on your league situation, I should say. If you're looking for lottery tickets, I think the other guys are <laughs> definitely safer plays right now. I will agree with you there. All righty, I believe that's it, man. Uh, make sure everyone to check out Steve's waiver wired column on Roto World. Hey Matt, yeah, uh, let's tell the kids that you're going to put the voting for the FSTA awards that roto world is up for put links for those uh in the text of this column and people can go out there and help us out and vote for roto world did you hear that everyone (laughs) we roto world is up for some fsta awards your votes make a difference i'm gonna put up links in the show notes and you can check it out and vote fantasy sports trade association Yes, we would love to get your vote, so check that out in the show notes. You can click there and vote, and we would appreciate it. Steve, good call. Thank you for being on point with that. Thank you for your waiver wisdom this week, and we shall talk to you soon. (laughs) Waiver wisdom. See you all next week. (laughs) Later. Bye. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.